All right. Hello, everyone. I would like to welcome you all to the New Beginnings podcast with Jay Jackson. I am your host, Jermaine Jackson. Appreciate y'all for joining us here on the podcast. Don't forget that you can follow the New Beginnings podcast with Jay Jackson on my YouTube page. You can follow it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Don't forget to go to my Facebook page, Jermaine Jackson, where the episodes are also premiering there as well. But go to all the platforms, whatever your choice. I want you to share, follow, subscribe. I appreciate all of your support. Those of you that have been there with me for the Covenant Conversations, the Testimonial Tuesdays, and the Celebration of Excellence, I always appreciate the support and love that you give me. So today we're here at Covenant Conversations, and I have a special uh, guest, a uh, young brother. Uh, well, I don't know if we I, I, we consider ourselves still young. It ain't. Hey, you call me special long. and young. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, we attended high school together, Richie's High School, class of 2000. So definitely want to show love to the Rockets. We know that our beloved school is no more. It's there in physical standing, but, you know, it's, it's not what it is. There's a rich township now. But um, blessed to have him on the show. Uh, Kim, man, introduce yourself to the people, man. Just glad to have you here. Oh, man, thank you for uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm really excited to be here, man. I, I saw I watch your podcast faithfully, man, in these covenant conversations. Uh have really have really impacted my life more than what you probably know man it's just uh wow. good to see somebody speaking the true word of god and just uh being open to different opinions man so for me uh i am a married father of three uh one boy two young daughters um love the word of god um love just to be around good people and uh, have a good time uh for work i am uh involved i direct a uh social service agency man and I uh, like to give back, like to help people out and do some things like that, man. So uh, just really excited and happy to be here, man. Man, appreciate you, sir. You know, it's always amazing how um, how God works. You know, you go to school with people, you know of people, but you may not know them. And it's amazing how later on in life paths will cross and you get to really know um, people in depth and more. And so I'm always grateful when I can have alums from high school and college and friends, people that I know of. And like I say, uh, social media <laughs> never gives us a true interpretation of who people are. It gives you little clips and glimpses of who people are, but it's a blessing when you can sit and have um, conversations with individuals and really get to the depth of who they are and, and what they are, what they're doing, what they have going on in their life. And so, as we said, we're here on Covenant Conversations. Before we get too deep into this conversation, we're going to have a quick word of opening prayer. We want to acknowledge the presence of God. Amen. Because this, this Covenant Conversation is geared around the word of God and what God has done for us. And we got a great subject on this evening. So uh, join us in a word of prayer. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. <clears throat> thank you for your grace and your mercy, God, that you have extended to us, Lord. Father, thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for us, how you've kept us and our families all day long. Father, um, it is just a blessing to be in your presence and to acknowledge your spirit at this time. And Lord, I just pray that as me and Ken engage into this conversation, oh God, that you would touch the ones that are listening, God, that it would encourage them, it would uplift them and inspire them, God, that they would be able to take something from it. And ultimately, God, we want you to be uh, glorified. I'm praying that souls will be saved, healed, and delivered, God, that as they listen, God, that something would be said to touch their hearts oh god and put you on their mind and we give you the praise honor and glory in jesus name amen amen amen, amen. so so it led me to this conversation as you heard ken say he uh reaches he watches this uh faithfully which i'm i thank god for that because 
my goal is always lord as i do this i pray that i can help one person a few people just want to touch somebody if i can get one person to be inspired encouraged <clears throat> to take something from the word of god i'm happy but if you ever look on ken's facebook uh, page he has all these different posts and quotes and he always applies it with the word of god it's, it's just so amazing like i said you you go to school with somebody but you don't always know what people got going on in, in their home life and just looking at his his post and one of the ones that really caught my eye was his mother um and his mother the things he expresses about her the scriptures he applies to it it, it made me think of my mom and i i really put myself in his shoes i believe we both have mothers that were women of god faithful to the church brought us up in church that not only that wasn't just out there going to church they were really living the life and i believe we both have lost our mothers and no they're no um longer with us and so when i was just looking at his post it just something just drew me to it and this episode is going to be about us honoring those women of god and talking about with them not just being amazing mothers because lord knows we have amazing mothers out there without our mothers most of us would not be here somebody had to carry us and birth us into this world but these women took us to church raised us up in the word of god and we want to talk about the importance of that and as we look at our lives now me and ken are both married raising our children and you see the post how he is yet taking that tradition because some people have been raised in church and making decision in mind i ain't taking my kids to church i ain't raising my kid i'm gonna let i've heard parents i'm gonna let them decide on what they want to choose and then you got to be careful in the world today because there's a whole lot of stuff that's out here that does not represent God, that does not represent Jesus Christ, that does not follow his word. So we gotta be careful, Tom, I'm just gonna let my kids do whatever. Yes, I respect whatever somebody doing at their home, but you gotta be very, very careful because you don't wanna tap into the wrong spirits, the wrong realms, and it can happen with the world we live in today. So I'm grateful that my mother and Ken's mother raised us up. Our two scripture bases are gonna be in Proverbs 22 and uh, six, just as a foundation to why it's so important. Proverbs 22 and six says, train up a child in the way he should go, teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. And that's a Proverbs 22 and six, I'm reading from the Amplified. And then if you allow me to read Proverbs uh, 31 and the 29th chapter, where it simply reads, Ah, sorry, 28th chapter, excuse me. Uh, Proverbs 31st chapter, 28th verse. Her children rise up and call her blessed, happy, prosperous, to be admired. And that's what me and Ken are doing today. We're going to talk about our mothers and why they were blessed, why they're to be admired. For, for when you see us in the streets, for those of us that may watch this, you may be our friends, you may be our family. If you don't know our backstories, depending on how this conversation go, you're going to come into a, hopefully a better understanding. Okay, this is why they are the way that they are. This is why they raise their children like that. This is not just by happenstance. They're carrying on. Don't you know that God really intended his word to be passed on through generations to our children's children's children? This was his intention from the beginning. So when we're doing this, we're doing the will of God. It was the mind of God for us to carry this stuff on. So, Ken, as you introduce yourself already, sir, my first question is, can you just talk to us about your mom, just how she raised you up in whatever capacity, just as a mother, as a, word, as a woman that's raised you in the church, just what was that experience like for you growing up? 
so growing up, it was hard. It was very difficult uh, because I went to St. Bethel Missionary Baptist Church in uh, Chicago Heights, man. And um, I'm from the old school. So we had two services. We had 8 o'clock and we had 11 o'clock. Come on, sir. <laughs> My mother went to 8 o'clock. And as a kid, waking up at, at, I don't even know what time it was. I didn't, whatever. Waking up at dawn to get ready to go to church was trying. Because on Saturday, you might want to watch a movie and chill out or do something fun. Or, you know, you get to stay up a little bit later. But on Sunday morning, when the sun woke up, you woke up. And you put on your church clothes back then. You couldn't come to church looking any kind of way. Yes, you sir. had to have on your Sunday's best. Um, and you would be shellacking down with Vaseline. Right, you put on your Vaseline and whatever. I forget what I don't have no hair no more. So you might the green hair gel. They would brush your hair until you, it's like mm-hmm. your hair bled. It's like you brush your hair and you get this Vaseline on. You get put in the car and you can't even move. Um, and this is so long ago. I don't even know. It was like a waist seatbelt. It wasn't even a seatbelt that came across, right? And so my earliest recollections are me going to church like that. And it wasn't just me and my mother. I'm single parent raised, but it wasn't just me and my mother. My mother, my aunt, my cousins, my grandma, my grandfather. My other aunties, my cut, the entire family went to St. Bethel Baptist Church, Missionary Baptist Church. Uh, most of us attended eight o'clock. A uh, few of the few of the other ones attended eleven, right? And so we would go there. And it wasn't until I got older that I realized that she was saying, uh, "Jesus sacrificed for us." So you wake up in order to sacrifice for Him. You forego mm-hmm. some of your kicking time, and you forego some of the stuff that you want to do, and you make a sacrifice to get there and get the Word of God in you. Um, I would get there. And I would hear the deacons doing devotion. This is how early we would arrive at church. All of that. Right? Yes, sir. Uh, and they would be doing this. And I didn't understand that as a kid. It was just something that, man, they over here moaning and stuff. And before you knew it, you would be over there rocking. And you'd be sitting up there feeling it. You'd be bouncing a little bit. You know, you didn't know the songs. I didn't know what they were saying. It was just this utterance they had. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's like my earliest memory of church was uh us going there. Now, I'm not going to tell you the part when I used to doze off and fall asleep and get the hands of God on my face. <laughs> but, uh, but it was so early that um, I, I always remember that now. And I think about uh, when I get up and when I get ready for church, when I um, when I help, air quotes, uh, get, get my children ready for church now with my wife, um, the fact that we're doing something and we're making this trek to make sure that we are in a community of people who believe the same things, kind of like that church in Acts. So mm-hmm. that when that wave hits and when that spirit comes upon this place, that we can all worship together. And uh, she really instilled that in me uh, as a kid. And it was because of my grandmother, my grandfather instilled that in her. Um, and then my great grandmother, who I had the pleasure of knowing, she passed in the early 2000s. But when I would go, uh, what they call home to Mississippi, mm-hmm. we would go to Rose Hill Church. We would go to a church down there. It was like everything was church-based. And it wasn't just church when you go there to get a word of God or hit a choir sing. This became your community, your family. You ate together. You did things together. And it was this um, this village of people who would love and support you. So if they saw me down the street or out there doing something crazy, if I was running up down Portland doing something I had no business doing, somebody knew my mother. That's Lois, boy. And they point at you like that. And it's like, you was all mad. And you knew what was going to happen. So it was really this great um, support system that she introduced me to as a child that uh, I still have today. Yeah. My my brother, you you know what I mean. You just took me back some years, man. My mom was the same. Uh, Eight a.m. We had an eight a.m. service, and Lord knows we was gonna be there on time, man. It was, and like I said, when I was a kid going through it, you you younger, you don't want to get up that early. It's the weekend at all. 
you know, and I've been raised in church the day I came out the womb, you know, yes, sir. and I definitely understand what you are talking about that. And you sitting there hearing them old deacons hum and talk Man. and teach and, you know, wasn't just Sunday for me. It was also, you know, the Wednesday night Bible studies, Friday night service, you know, revivals. You know, I, I, I just you remember being Sunday. Was it second Sunday? Yes, sir. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it was. It was just. And even as you mentioned, uh, Portland, the church I attended growing up as a kid until I went to college was uh, Portland Street uh, Church of God in Christ. But you said something about Portland. So just to hear you say oh, that, man. that went to the same high school was literally. <laughs> blocks away churches right at churches and just just growing up and you know my mother wake me up that early to go and like you said it was me and my little sister my older siblings before they got you know on their own and you know what one thing you stressed about was a community that back in the days when we grew up the church was not some place you just went to shout and dance yes you receive a word from god but it was a community the mother could see you somewhere you wasn't supposed to be it could let you hey you ain't supposed to be doing that and could correct you. You know, that correction they didn't even have to talk to me. If they saw you, that's, you that's all it took. Like, Man, and in the, the church, we looked out for each other. Everybody took care of each other. Everybody supported you. You know, it, that, that was so astounding what you said about a community because that's what the church, and that's what the church is supposed to be. It's not just about us being in the four walls. But we have to come out and extend ourselves to the community for outreach, for whatever we can do to help. And we're supposed to help our, our children together. But one thing I say about my mother, that I'm so blessed that she woke me up so early. My my kids to this day, they always say, you know, dad, even my wife, you have no problem with getting up early, and rising up. I'm like, because when I was a kid, my mother was making me get up. It wasn't it wasn't just about church, but she was teaching me that foundation for life. I have yeah, no issues yeah. getting up early for work. I have no issues getting up, taking care of business early. I love getting up early now. I, I really do love it. I didn't like it back then, but right. she was training me up in something that would carry right. over into my personal life, my career. And now my kids don't have that same anointing. I ain't got no early risers that just <laughs> get up on their own. I'll, I'll be trying to help them. But it, it, what she was getting me up for extended past that. That that train is like I said, sometimes you going through it, you have no idea what they're really preparing you for. And, that, and that's going to transition us into my next question for you. When you look at your life now and just the things your mother taught you with the word of God, with church, the principles, the foundations. As we looked at Proverbs 20, she said, train up a child in the way that they should go. They get older and not depart from it. How valuable as you look back were those teachers and the trainings that your mother gave you by raising you up? Not just like I said, not just being a great mother, not just providing, but I'm taking my son to church, whether he want to go to it, go to it or not. I'm raising him up in the word. He may not like he may not get it, but it's a purpose behind this. When you look back at it now, how important was all those? What, what were those vital lessons that she taught you by raising you up in church and in the word of God? How long do we have? Uh, man, you know what? Sir, uh, go ahead. Ain't, ain't no time limit. Go yeah. ahead. Let, let it happen. <laughs> so there's, there's an acronym I love for Bible that says basic instruction before leaving earth, right? And Come I on, always sir. think about that because um, that was it. She worked swing shift back in the day, right? So she worked some weeks 7 to 3, some weeks 3 to 11, uh, some weeks 11 to 7 overnight. Ooh. And so when you talk about training, it's like if she can find her way to get up before before morning 
to go to church after working, you know, 11 to 7 and not even go to sleep some nights or work three to, if she could do this, then who am I not to, right? Because I'm reaping the benefits of her hard work. So I watched her sacrifice um, all the time, literally all the time. And it was just, you know, I didn't have a dad in the household uh, or pre really present in my life. So there wasn't another point of focus, right? And so I was like, she's doing all this for me. Um, and as a kid, before you really get your maturity right, um, you start to feel entitled about things. But mm -hmm. she taught me so much. Uh, people always say it takes a man to raise a man. I believe it's beneficial for a man to raise a son. I do. Um, I have my son. I see how you do with your son, man. And I'm so proud. He looks just like you on the field, man. But <laughs> I see that. Uh, Appreciate it. Yeah, they, they don't know you was a hard-hitting uh, hard man before you was a hard-hitting preacher, man. But, uh, you know. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> oh, always, man. Yeah, I got to pay homage to that. So, but, but, like, I saw this, and my mother raised the man just fine. Now, granted, um, I didn't have some of the – the, the, the some of the harder skills you would picture a man. And I don't know if you remember about me, I was a poet. Mm -hmm. uh, I was always with my head in the book. Uh, um, I was had really good soft skills. I was a pretty decent orator, a nice talker. Um, got along with pretty much everybody. I was never into like gangs and all of that tough guy stuff. Wasn't my style. Um, played football, liked football, loved football to this day, but I wasn't really invested in football. Um, mm -hmm. I was invested more in the arts and things like that. And so, she let me know that there was a space for that because when I began to understand uh, some of the things she would tell me about the Bible, I found myself in there. I, I saw some of myself in David. I saw some of myself being a psalmist. I saw uh, writing not being something that uh, soft people did, but something that men who could speak did. I saw um, the word of God being transformed into my brain, my heart, my thoughts, my soul, and how Jesus explained things in the parables. And I realized some of the same things and some of the same uh references that i have now are because of the bible so it's easy if i put up a facebook post to quote a scripture because it's just in me it's not like i'm trying to get a like or a comment it's like it just goes together yes, sir. Uh, and so she had a tremendous impact in the training of that because like you said before a lot of times you don't realize you've been trained until you put your training to use uh what's that uh, uh karate kid he didn't know what he was waxing on and waxing off for until he started fighting right um and, and a lot of times you don't know you need an umbrella till it rains and so I think that in life, um, she's given me that umbrella. She's given me this uh, protection. And she still continues to guide me even while she's not on her um, because I'm remembering things about her. Uh, people that tell me stories or um, when I'm talking to my kids, I sound just like her. And the best compliment somebody <laughs> gave me, oh, you look like Lois. Um, and, and, she gave, <laughs> and she gave me so many people. Uh, my next door neighbor, my godmother, Minerva Johnson, right? We called her new back in the day. So my godmother um, and, and my god sisters, Linda, Janet, grew up with them. They had my back like a spinal cord. So it was like there was nothing I had to worry about. Um, and I really, she really gave me to a great uh, community of women to help raise, rear, and, uh, and and put me in a position where I needed to be to succeed. And so because of that, um, I'm able to love my wife better, right? I'm yes. able to be a girl dad. I'm able to understand certain things about females that some males aren't privy to. And so um, I might not enjoy cutting grass or putting stuff together, but mm -hmm. I'll tell you, she taught me how to make sure my house is maintained, clean, decent, and in order. Um, and she taught me some of the things that a, a lot of men that I'm in contact with now, some of my buddies, they don't even know how to do. So uh, I'm thankful that she raised me to be uniquely myself in a world where back in the day, you know, we had to be a certain type of guy. Mm -hmm. Was you this gang or that gang? Was you part of this or part of that? And, and he was in this. We grew up in the cocaine 80s and the crackhead 90s. So mm -hmm. it's like we grew up in this era 
where you had to to make a choice. And when I see people like you, Rasul, myself, uh, some of the other guys I just can remember, uh, Mike Young, just people who were just different. Right. It stands out to call out people because I say, man, you can tell that they had mothers and influences um, that put something in them because I honestly believe that the the mother is the first teacher of the child, right? Mm-hmm. So when you get that, you get that training, man, there's nothing else like it. Um, it got to the point where I got older when I told my mother right before she passed, because we talked a whole lot around the clock. And um, I said, man, my dad said you couldn't raise a man as a woman, but you did it. And I and I'm, I said, I'm almost happy I didn't have a dad because that means I wouldn't have got all of you. Uh, and, and wow. so we were able to talk and reflect on that, man. And, uh, and it was just a good time to be uh, to be with her. It was a good time to think about her, talk to her, talk about her. Um, and I thank God for the time I had with her because I believe that the impact she had will surpass my lifespan by generations. Wonderful, sir. Man, sir, when I, when I tell you this is just lining up, so perfectly this conversation because a lot of people mean i lost my dad at seven he died uh, from uh, prostate cancer at seven so my mother became a single mother five key like i said my, my older man. my older siblings man appreciate you man saying to you i'm in the loss of your mom so uh she got after eight years of being a widow she did get remarried uh, to a preacher in a church um okay. you know that's a whole nother conversation for a different experience because <laughs> i learned as a kid that uh, every every man doesn't have the skills, particularly to be a father, you know. So I, I've learned is me being a person that has went through a divorce and had to get remarried. When you're getting remarried, or you're a widow, or somebody that's yeah. been divorced, you have to understand that man or woman you married just can't be there for you. They have to be about your kids too. When you got younger kids in the house, so I learned um that that lesson but i think one though as you were talking about your mom and all that she taught you i remember at the age of 12 when my mom started teaching me how to cook how to iron my clothes she used to make me iron her uniforms for work for the whole week because my yeah. mom was a nurse and she the same third, ex- wow she worked third shift her whole life so you talking about missing sleep to do church and the way i saw her serve in the house of god to the people of god going to other people's houses, the mothers that were sick and sitting on those couches with the plastic, with that old stale candy. Y'all sit right here. Knowing later on in life, my mom was back there <laughs> praying for them people, ministering to them. Her best, one of her best friends, like you said, is that's my, my godmother. They was in ministry together. My godmom yeah. is still here. And just the people she surrounded me with, these women of God that were so powerful. So in her passing, she passed in 2012. You have no idea how many people have come to me. I received Jesus Christ because of your mother. Your mother wow. prayed me through this. Your mother, my mama, the, the quiet missionary that my mama did all of that. But all the stuff she taught me in... I remember when she was teaching me stuff at 12, you know, I don't want to iron these clothes. Why am I cooking my right? Right. But she told me, she said, the reason I'm teaching you this stuff, how to clean properly, springtime, clean these washboards, get the bleach and the water and the pine saw. You know, they got all these yeah. different types. But back in the house, you had some Ajax, some bleach, and some pine saw. Clean your whole house. She said, because when you get older, <laughs> I don't want you to have to worry about depending on nobody. And I don't want you to have to lay up on no woman either and depend on her to do for you. 
So I'm going to teach on, you all this stuff so yeah. that you can support yourself. And even if you do get a wife, yeah, but you ain't going to have to be with somebody because you need them to do stuff for you. You can do. She was making me self-sufficient. And, and mm-hmm. like you said, growing up as a man, I didn't have some of those tangibles. Like I didn't grow up knowing how to change no tire and some of those right. quote unquote <laughs> manly things. Right. I didn't have none of that. But I remember at 18 when I was getting ready to go to school, mom, you know, and everything, my mom was something one of the greatest things she ever told. Me. She said, son, I've done my best to raise you. I've raised you according to the word of God. I raised you in church. I've taught you this. I've taught you that. I've raised you to go out and be a decent person in society. I never had any England to go to games, none of that stuff. Didn't want to do drugs, drinking, nothing like that. I was just different. I had no desire to do that stuff because, one, I had older siblings where I saw stuff, and I was like, nah, ain't doing it. I saw people around the neighborhood, nope, ain't doing it. And sometimes you get taught ball, you a little church boy. That's okay. I'm going to stay close to the Lord because it's going to pay off. Faithfulness would not go unrewarded. So I'm going to stay that route. No matter what, because of what yeah. I've seen it work in my mother's life. So why would I change up? And she said, I've raised you to be a good person in society. And she said, I can't teach you how to be a man because you got these women today. I ain't trying to hate on y'all women. I, I can raise my son to be a man. There are just some things that when it comes to being a man, a woman can't do it because you're not a man. That God made us a certain way for a reason. Later on in life, at, when I went to a different church out of college, my former pastor, before he passed away, uh, Pastor Charles P. Nelson, that, he became not only a spiritual father, but like a natural yeah. father to me. So he gave me those tangibles that are yet working in my life today. But she said, I've done my best to raise you right. And I believe you're going to go out here, go to college, go on his work, and you're going to do good things because of the way that I trained you up. And I had no problem with that because I said the best way I could honor her is to live a life that is not only pleasing to God, but exemplify. My mom used to always tell me, every time you leave my house, you represent me. Don't dis, don't misrepresent our name, who I am. Because when you go out there and clown, if you do it in school, if you're doing it in church, people going to look at me and say, that's Esther Jackson's son. So she said, don't disrespect or misrepresent what I taught you to be. Don't act like I didn't train you right. Don't act like I didn't put the word in you. You always conduct yourself like I raised you to write. And man, I held on to stuff like that. Because even as a little kid, I understood. Certain, and, I, and as you said, as a kid, we all make our mistakes. We say stuff, do stuff. Oh, yeah. Growing up, we maturing. But overall, look back at my life, I believe that I honored my mother. And as you said, that talking, before my mother left here, People always ask, you know, if I could have one more day with my mother, what would it be? I said, I just want 24 hours to talk to because the conversations we had before she left this earth, man, it's like when I became an adult, the amount of wisdom she was putting in me and like how I raised my kid. I tell my kids all the time, like people always tell me, you so good with children because my mother taught me how to raise children. Before yeah. I ever had them, I knew I, I ain't saying I knew everything, but she really taught me. So I'm like I tell people, I'm good with babies. I don't like them no more because my kids are all teenagers <laughs> and young adults. I don't like dealing with infants, but can I raise a child? Absolutely, I can because of what she taught me. She was an excellent. Her last few days before she passed, when she, she passed away from multiple sclerosis. But the conversations we had, the things she was really imparting in me, I felt like mama, I I had my mom for 30 years of my life. I'm 41 now. And I felt like the last two years before she died were some of our best conversations. 
because of the stuff and just to know the type of woman of God. Like I thought I knew my mama, but I knew her on a different level as a woman of God because of this. I'm like, I thought I had it all, but this woman is dropping nuggets. Man, isn't it something when you get older and then you can have an adult mindset, right? And then you get to have an adult conversation with this person. And it's like, wow, this is what you're doing because nothing becomes more relevant to you um, like in child rearing than when you have your own children. And then you get to call, I used to call my mom like, mom, such and such is happening. And she would just chuckle and laugh, you know, and she was like, well, when you did this, it, it was just, yeah, it was just surreal the the amount of conversation and the type of conversation I had with her as an adult male because now it's like I get it and when it clicks, man, um, it, it's a beautiful thing to behold. Her last three hours of life, she gave to me and my wife. We were there with her, um, and we sang. I massaged the feet. I got to kiss on her, rub her, talk to her. We did all of the things, and so uh, some friends from high school came to our, our viewing. And they walked in and, and they asked me how I was doing. And of course I was sad. I mean, who's not sad? But I was so excited for her uh, because if we believe in Jesus, right? Come on. We have to accept his decision of heaven. We have to take him at his word. And we walk around and we proclaiming this and we got this Bible and we telling our kids this. There has to be a part of us that rejoices because they've completed the cycle. They've done what they had to do on earth. Yes. They've raised us. You're doing a podcast right now. And you're talking about honoring your mother, raising children in a Christian atmosphere, um, not discriminating against people, being being yourself, doing what you were taught to do, being authentically you. What better way to say, man, mama, we made it. Because my mother had a wealth of people. She had a wealth of relationships. She had a wealth of knowledge. Um, and I walk around um, looking at the harvest of her everywhere she's been. I'm just seeing she's dropping. I just look at it. I smile. I can't drive down Lincoln Highway or Western without thinking when my mother would see somebody homeless and give them some money. Um, she would find somebody in the grocery store and talk for 30,000 years, but she would talk to this person and be like, Ma, why did you talk so long? They just needed a smile. And as a kid, you don't understand that. As a, as a youngster, you don't understand it. But now I find myself doing the same thing. You walk and you see one of these brothers or sisters and you just want to say something to them to maybe change the trajectory of that day. Mm -hmm. And that comes from that... Uh, that intuition, that that wisdom, that discernment from God, but talked to us by mothers, you know, and and not to you know um, say anything against fathers, because I'm a father, and I think I'm a darn good father. Mm -hmm. um, I believe you are as well. But uh, a mother's love is beautiful, man, because a mother can take anyone's place, but nobody can take the place of a mother, you know. I, I, absolutely, sir, and I, I totally agree with you when you talked about uh, a a mother's love, and and just to hear you say when you, you called your mom and. She said, well, you used to, you know, it's amazing. My, my kids were little when my mom died. Uh, but I just remember, Ma, they doing this, doing that. But when you was little, you was <laughs> telling me the same stuff. And I remember uh, my daughter that's in college, one of the most uh, craziest things she told me about my daughter. She used to love to hear my daughter sing. When I used to tell Ma, she's noisy. I don't want to hear her sing. Oh, she always talking and sing. Oh, it's too much noise in the house. Right. Now, I, I was a drummer in church. I used to get my mama pots and pans. I remember you used to get my pots and I let you play oh, church. Time for me to cook. And all that noise you made. She bought me drum sets when I was little. But she told me this about my daughter. She said, you let that girl sing anytime she wanted. Ma, it's too much noise. She said, you listen to me. She said, God gave that girl a gift. Her voice is unique. It ain't like nobody else's. And when you don't let her sing, you stopping that gift. 
You let my granddaughter say, I don't care how loud she is. I don't care how much she's saying. You let her do it because that it ain't about her. God gave her that gift. And when she's seen, she giving glory to God, whether you know it or not. He said, you just watch what God going to do with her. She majors in college now and singing. And her voice, it, it ain't like nobody. The way she sings, I've seen her sing at times in church where musicians can't even follow her. Not because she sound, because it's, she takes songs and make them her own. She don't sound like yeah. nobody else. And at that time, I'm like, to me, mama, it's just noise. She's loud. I don't work 12. I don't want to hear her. <laughs> right, right. From that day forth, I to this day, she can come to my house now and sing. I won't say two words to her because of what my mother told me and how I've seen that that gift make room for my daughter. How it's blessed her in college and what she's doing. My mama called and, I, and my daughter was only seven years old when my mom died. And to hear when she, my sister, she was with my sister when she was uh, bedridden and my bringing my kids over to go talk to her. And they, like you saying, those last few hours, you was just with your mom. I remember my last moments with my mother. Her MS got so bad to where she couldn't talk. And one of our last conversations, she was, I was crying because I was like, man, my, I just, I don't want you to go nowhere. I'm just, you know, like you said, but I don't want to see her hurt. I know if she closed her eyes, she's going to have, I, I, I believe it wholeheartedly. I, I said, Lord, I know my mom got to make it in because if my mom don't make it in, Lord, I don't know if I, I got no hope because <laughs> right, right, mama lived this thing. And she right. looked me in my eyes and she said, Maine. Whenever she said Maine, it was different. She would call my name, but if she called me Maine, she said, Maine, I'm tired. She said, I'm ready to go. And I looked at mama. I said, Mom, it's okay. Same thing like, Mom, you done taught us. You done raised us. We got to raise our mom. We're going to be good. We're going to miss you. It's going to hurt. Yeah. After that, she just shortly after went in the hospice and left here. But I remember my daughter was going there. She be telling me stuff now. My daughter's going to almost be 19. Yeah. I was like, where'd you learn that, Simone? Oh, Granny was talking. I was like, at six and seven, your grandma was telling you this, was literally having conversations, teaching my daughter stuff that she, to this day, I had no clue. She was just running through stuff. Dad, every time you took me over there, I would go back there. I was singing for Granny, and Granny would just talk to me. Six, seven years old, absorbing that wow. stuff. That her, the way she carries herself at 16, a lot of people didn't understand. For her 16th birthday, my daughter didn't want no party. She wanted a purity ceremony. Still wearing her purity ring to this day. She said, Daddy, I'm dedicating myself to Jesus because of my God, my, because of my grandma. From six, seven years old, she put enough in my daughter for her to dedicate her life that I'm going to wait till I find me a husband before I give myself up. Six, seven. Did I had no clues. I'm in the house with my sister chilling, letting the kids. She was putting something in my daughter so precious, man. I'm sitting here like blown away wow. like I had no clue and i'm looking at him. wow mom you you was doing something so so foundational in your grandchildren without me even knowing it so man when you're talking about, talk about i'm sorry man i, I was just thinking legacy, no no man. go ahead yes sir that's legacy like that that's just you you thinking 12 years ago right and she's still extremely young my son will be 19 september 3rd but 12 years ago right uh, and, and she's still embodying the wisdom and the teachings and instructions uh, uh, of your mother, man. It's just, there, there's nothing like it. When you talk about your mother saying she's tired, man, I, it brought me back to my mom. Uh, my my baby was four at the time. 
Kendall. She was four. Mm-hmm. My youngest daughter. When my mother was getting ready to transition. And um, she called my mom. She, she my mom was in the hospital. She said, Grandma, I had my COVID shot, you know. And uh, my mother was like, okay, you know. And she said, well, what was going on? I said, I was scared. But I faced my fears. And my mother thought that was cool. So uh, right before she transitioned, before they uh, were putting her on the, uh, the vent or whatever, Mm-hmm. Uh, so she had a problem with oxygen and breathing. It wasn't that she was like necessarily sickly. Her body just wasn't well, right? So she was fully coherent, talking and everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she says, well, tell Kendall I faced my fears. And I was sitting up there. And when you talk about mothers, you talk about women, you talk about uh, a Proverbs woman, right? I mean, you know, you think about this thing, right? Um, raising the child up in the way they should go. This proverb woman we talking about. I said, you are a grown woman, you raise children, help me raise my kids, um, help countless other people, family, whoever else do what they have to do in their life. And you are able to, to receive from a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that. And I said, man, when you talk about humility, grace, and everything else rolled up. Come in on. The world, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I said, man, you really do get life. And to see her approach this and... Um, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel like she was about to transition. I mean, me and her talked about it. You know, we talked mm-hmm. about this in depth. But the fact that she was so jovial, um, the fact that she was smiling, she wasn't going about in sorrow for herself. She called my grandmother. She's still living. Um, she called. She said, let me call my mama. She called uh, my aunt. who We call her sister, but she called her. She said, let me call sister. She's talking to people. She reminded me to pay the cable bill. She's telling me to do this and make sure I take care of this person and that. And before the, her uh, sedation finally was kicking in, and we were trying to figure out what the Lifetime channel was in the hospital. And she said, it's channel 31. You know, she's talking to these, oh, okay, it is channel 31. Mm-hmm. And when I was leaving that, I would never forget this, as long as I live and I have a memory. Me and my wife were leaving. I said, see you in a minute, Ma. She said, hey, I love you. Thanks for coming. And I'm thinking to myself, where else could a son be but with his mother? Come on, sir. But her last words were to give thanks. Um, and to, to understand that before you leave Earth, your last word was to give thanks to somebody for doing something they should do and would do a million times over. But this is the type of woman that, that raised me. You know, This is where I get some of me from. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more beautiful than that. So as much as I want to be mad and have these moments and tell God this. I said, man, you gave me the pick of the litter because she wasn't a perfect person, but she was the perfect person to raise me. Um, and I love that I like about that. her because she was who she was. You know what I mean? She was exactly who she was. You knew where you stood with her. She didn't sugarcoat too much of anything. But, <laughs> Come on, um, sir. But she treated people with respect. She treated people with dignity. And my wife, uh, my wife's grandfather used to have a saying, uh, she gets down with the uttermost to the guttermost. So if you was up high, <laughs> she could talk to you. If you was in the street, she could talk to you. And she would be the same thing. Um, and I just appreciate having a, a fraction or, or a measure of that. Because as long as I live, I could never, I think, live up to the status, the stature of somebody like that. And I'm happy I can because, like you said, your daughter's voice is unique. I believe my mother was so unique that there's nobody like her and will not be. Right? Mm-hmm. Because um, my pastor said one time, if God made two of y'all, one of y'all wouldn't need to exist. He was using that. And uh, and I'm happy enough to be compared to her, um, to be made in the image of her, just like we are all made in the image of God. It's like 
I'm happy enough yes, just to are. be associated with it. You know, so I'm happy enough that God even gave it to me for 39 years, you know. Um, and she passed on um January 1st. And I told my wife, I said, dang, we can never celebrate New Year's again. And I said, but you know what, though? I will never forget my mother. She'll be the first person I think of every year for the rest of my life. Absolutely. Man, that, that, that was pow- powerful, sir. And even as you said that about being com- compared to her, I, I want to ask you this. So that means you have some attributes and some mannerisms like your, your mother. What were those things in your life that throughout time as you was growing that maybe your mother spoke to you like, hey, King, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. And you're saying, no, nah, ma, that ain't, <laughs> it ain't, it ain't going to rock that way for me. No, son, I'm just, I'm just telling you, going, no, ma, that ain't me. And you look at your life now like, oh, this lady was right. <laughs> you know what? I- well, I, I will be honest. Um, my wife is going to laugh. So I was born with my hands in a praying position, right? And so my grandmother, my mother, everybody said, that boy is going to be a preacher one day. Um, and I'm like, I'm not going to be a preacher. That just doesn't make sense. And so um, I was like, what does that mean? You know, because I know who I am. I know me. People know me, but I know the me, you know, deep in their me. I know me. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, um, <laughs> You know, I don't think that that's necessarily uh, something that I should partake in, you know, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm good on the sidelines. I can amen somebody. I can hear you a little pow every once in a while. But, um, <laughs> you know, and, you know, I, I didn't understand what she meant by that as a kid. So I resisted it until I became uh, grown, 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 like salt and pepper in the beer grown. Right. And uh, so now I'm a, I'm a minister at Faith Movement Church in University Park. Um, Come on, sir. I don't ever profess to call myself a preacher at all. Um, but I do believe that um, she knew her and my grandmother, my aunt, they knew that I would be involved and deeply involved in ministry. Um, and, and even the work we do, um, and I say we because I'm thinking about my church, my family, myself, my mother, the work that we do and the work we've done is, is ministry. And so she called it when I was born. Like that was the first thing she noticed. Um, she called it when I was born. So I resisted it for a while because um the ignorance of myself i said i don't feel worthy enough to to preach and then somebody said well who is so oh well you make a valid point um, so <laughs> so the the older i got um i did get that um that that male figure um a few of them man god has blessed me man so what i didn't have in the father growing up i've gained in brothers my brother uh pastor benjamin chambers my my pastor faith mover pastor moses b heron senior wonderful um, i've gotten spiritual fathers and guidance um from men i had a very strong grandfather um he was like a decorated war veteran in 19 fought in the korean war was already discharged and bought a house and like he lived a complete life before he was 20. and so <laughs> it was like and he's and so he'll be 94 his birthday and so you grow up around that and you'd be like man i can't even cut the grass and this man has a, a, a gold brandish eagle on his mantle you know mm-hmm. um so but god gave me those male those male figures i would need but um, all of the, the male figures that I've been in, in contact with, um, and now I'm, I'm blessed to count you among those, are in ministry. Like mm, people that I get exposed to it. are in ministry, man. So um, I think God is really um, was really intentional with how um, the absence of my father created a desire for me to uh, reach out and to connect. Yeah. Um, not only to connect with people, but to connect with brothers like yourself um, and, and like the people I'm exposed to now. But mom knew that early on, man. She called it at birth. 
she called it at birth. I think when she saw me, she said my hands were still like this. And she's like, that boy's gonna be a, a preacher. So she might have said preacher, but I believe she meant ministry. So that preacher part is yet to be determined. <laughs> <laughs> man, man, this as we continue this conversation, man, just how this is uh lining up parallel. My mom told me at 16. Uh, I was, you know, in ministry, drums, choir, all of that. I accepted Christ at the age of 12, watching my mother's life. She was the example. I figured this Jesus thing is the, is the best thing for me to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, we was at a service. Somebody was up preaching. I was sitting by my mom in church. I was, somebody else was on the drum. She looked at me. She said, son, it's going to be you one day. Doing what? What are you talking about? You're going to be up there preaching. You're going to be an elder in the church. Yeah. Nah. Nah, I'm going to go and So college. let me ask you this. I got to pause you. You yes, didn't sir. know that? You didn't know that. No. So as we were talking earlier, I was like you. Okay. I used to admire preachers. When I was a little kid, yeah. my mama said she, I would tell her, mama, take me to church. I want to hear uh, the the first past I ever had was uh, Bishop Benny E. Earl Goodwin. Mama said, you would tell me, son, you want to just go hear him teach in yeah. church. And I used to admire it. I would be in the mirror with my mic, you know, brush okay. something, okay. preaching, tuning up. But, you know, I'm, I'm just playing around. I, I want to holler, put my hand behind my ear. But secretly in my heart, I knew it, but I ran. My thing, I'm going to go to college. I ain't going to be no preacher and do nothing. And one of my nicknames at college was was was, was Reverend. It, it, what's, up, what's up, Rev? Because, you know, I wasn't drinking out there. I go to parties, but I wasn't really doing nothing. And even when I tried to willingly go out there in the world, God blocked so much. That he just didn't allow to happen. Man. When I was trying to go out there and willingly be like everybody else, I, cause I said, I'm finna remove this label of church, Christian, preach, all of this. But it, it just could never go. God kept me from so much that I could have got mm. into because the calling. And later on in life, as you said, your mother spoke over you when you were a child as a baby because the way you came out the praying hands. My sister, God arrest us, so we lost her to COVID in uh, 2021. Uh, was next to my mom could have been the closest thing I had to my mother because the way she was, she was what was it, 14 years older than me? But okay, just okay. how somebody who spoke into my life and pushed me from, from college to everything loved my sister. She said, You don't know, mama prayed over you and dedicated you to God. I said, What you talking about? She said, When I see you up preaching. And everything because my sister, you know, I you know sometimes people don't keep you in that box is who you are. Like people all oh, that's that's just little Kenny over there. You know, he they don't ever want to let you grow up. But my sister actually ended up joining the church I went to after college and watching me preach. That's why I became a minister and all yeah. she was just watching. And she sat me down one day and she's like, I just see everything that mom said. What do you mean? She said, When you was a baby, when you was born, she said, Mama dedicated you to God. She prayed yeah. and dead. I said, well, I ain't have, I couldn't get away if I wanted to. This woman. <laughs> you know what? And, and that's why I asked you a second ago earlier. Did you not know it? Because to, to know you, there's something so obviously different about the way you carry yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, I, I never forget my daughter was hiding behind the refrigerator one day on the side of the refrigerator and her feet were sticking out. And I said, hey, you know I can see you, and that's what I'm telling you. You know we can see you. So it's mm -hmm. like somebody like you trying to be like, man, I'm gonna be different. When I tried to do something different and tried to be out there reckless, the results were so whack. I can't even talk about them because it would make me look. It was so whack. Come on, sir. The stuff I did was so <laughs> whack. It was like, yeah, we finna go 
go do this. We're going to drink some wine coolers and turn up. Like, what? You going to drink a wine cooler? Like, Boone's Farm is on deck tonight, buddy. It's like, come on, man. So the stuff I would do would be straight whack. And it's like these attempts to be somebody other than who uh, God made me and my mother raised me to be would yes. be just horrible, man. And it's like it's almost um, painful to watch somebody so gifted, so anointed, with so much potential, so much prowess, so many gifts um, live a life outside of what their calling is. You know, it's like when people look at LeBron and just wait on him to be great or look at Jordan, like, why does he just win one finally? It's like that's how people look at brothers like you, man. It's like, you know you got it already. Um, but the humility part, the humbleness that she taught you yes. is what sometimes I believe keeps you grounded and keeps people grounded. Because to say that I'm going to speak on behalf of Almighty God and talk his perfect word to a community of believers and those who are seeking salvation, restoration, and eternal life, is a heavy, heavy burden to bear. And yes, I don't think is. people realize the burden <laughs> of what it takes to do effective, real ministry. So you Come got on. all these, these pop-up preachers doing this thing, man. You can do that. But you are signing yourself up for a different type of judgment. Um, and, and, and you're going to be graded accordingly. It's a different type of scale, beyond, you know. So <clears throat> when you talk about being a minister or a preacher, you got to be ready for it, man. Uh, you gotta be ready for it, man. See, you know, went into another realm, and and, and people don't don't realize that it, when I, when I did accept the call, a <coughs> minister, no no matter what your title is, ordination, you're a servant. We're all here to serve the body of Christ to the people of this world. We're all here to serve some capacity, and I love serving because how my mother served. My my mother was a, a missionary, but she was in the kitchen cooking she was taking care of the kids she was a sunday school teacher she would help with whatever whatever she could do and i love so people not just in church but the way i serve my family my wife my children people in the community however i can serve and help people i learned that from her so the church i go to now my past was like you know i want to put you up for ordination as an elder huh who no brother i'm cool where i'm at you know, serve, <laughs> open the open the right. church up, help people out. If if you need, if, if you know, sometimes a musician, the drummer may have to go out of town because you know he's a musician. Yeah. I fill in, I serve whatever capacity. You want me to give a word? I'll give a word, but elder, because and it's that point knowing that I know what comes with that. It's a higher level. With every level comes a new devil. Yes, the attacks sir. get stronger. The the right. weight of stuff gets stronger on you because of that. That that's what my pastor calls the dark side of ministry. Oh, I yeah. understand oh, yeah. that because the the man that was like my dad was a pastor, and his the pastor I'm under now since my other pastor died was one of his best friends. So I yes, get a very close eye view that most people don't see, and I know Lord what you calling me to, and like you said. Every time I get up and speak, my, my prayers, Lord, I hope that I heard you right, that this word is for this house, for these people. I don't want to yeah. get up here in error. I don't want to say nothing wrong. I don't want my scriptures to be jacked up because, God, if I get up here right, did I fast long enough? Did I pray long enough, God, that I read your word? And I could have been the whole week seeking God. And 30 minutes before I got to give a message, right? <laughs> all, Lord, do I need more notes? <laughs> did I write <laughs> And you know God what? will just speak and you be to a point where I'll be like, God, I'm I'm grateful when people come out the church, man, Elder Jackson, great word, sir. That hit me. You you was talking right to me. And I'm like, glory to God. Because I don't know y'all business. I ain't I don't know. It's all him. It is it's him. And I'm so grateful. You said it keeps you humble when you know that God But that's that's exactly what she 
prepared you for it, though, right? Come on, because sir. giving you back to God, praying over your life, praying for you is exactly why she did what she did, man. She she prepared you for the dark side of ministry, for this higher level of anointing, for this higher level of calling to make sure that you get the same grace that she gave people. She worked and taught you how to keep a house because she knew you might be too busy to do such and such. And she served so you could learn how to serve. That's why you can go drum, sing, uh, open up the church, bring this, right? Sister, you drop this. That's why you're going to do everything, right? Because you had such a great example that for most people, it's a learned behavior. For you, it's just who you are. Um, and, and it's a beautiful thing man. to see May manifest because we end up, my pastor says all the time, what is it, what is it, let me make sure I quote him right, because he might see this, uh, more stuff is caught than taught. So it's like, yes, sir. Yeah, you learn by watching, you learn by doing, man. And it's like, so now your dark side is, is light because you've already dealt with the dark side. You know, society will tempt us to do so much. Um, but just like your, your foundational scripture, man, when they raised us up in the way that we should go, we might stray, backslide, sin, fall victim to this, be a sucker for love, do something a little crazy. But we got that prodigal son anointing. It's like we still gonna come back home. Yes, um, sir. And when we come back, <laughs> we come back to the home that we need. Um, and, and Heavenly Father knows exactly what it is we do need, man. And I, and I thank God uh, just thinking about what she's prepared me for uh, and what your mother prepared you for. Because that means when I close my eyes and take my rest, I know that if my children run into yours, they're going to run into some good people. Yes, um, sir. And that's going to yes, continue sir. to further the agenda of these strong, powerful women and, and people that uh, had a hand in raising men like us. And I'm not trying to sound prideful when I say that. But what I'm saying is, like you said before, the word is supposed to go to generation and generation and keep going forward, man, because well, 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 it'll pass away. But the word is going to remain. Everything could go Absolutely. with the word. Because in the beginning was that word. And so uh, I, I thank God for that, man. I thank God she gave me that. Oh, man, it's, uh, I got a picture of her. I keep looking at because uh, I want her to be a part of what we're doing, no matter how we had to get her there. But, yes, uh, sir. Yeah, man. Just a beautiful situation, man. I, I, and I do want to say this before I forget. I'm, I'm very proud of you. That's why I reached out. Um, for people that watch this podcast, man, Covenant Conversations is a blessing to me, uh, my family, man. Just to, like I said at the head of this thing, to see someone, I reached out and was like, hey, I want to have a conversation with you because I'm so proud of, of what you've been able to accomplish um, and the impact that it's having because it's, you. it's not going after what everybody else is chasing. Um, you know what I mean? And it's a unique situation, mm -hmm. man. And I love what your mother said about your daughter's voice because I think that you have your own uniqueness with the way you do things, the podcast. I've seen other um christian based podcast i've seen a lot of different stuff but what you're doing is excellent man so uh before we head off or whatever man i want to encourage you man i'll be praying for you and covenant conversations man to to gain more followership to gain more viewers and to to gain a higher level of notoriety and exposure because um it's going to deliver someone i can guarantee it man i can just feel it so Man, I appreciate it, bro, man. To, to God be the glory, man. You you sit here encouraging me, man. I'm usually gonna do that on my podcast, <laughs> but I, 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 thank, I, I thank God I for it, man. Design, man. Yes, sir. I yes, sir. Design, I, man, man. I, I appreciate you, man. And that's that's my prayer, God. I I just want to reach people, and <clears throat> Lord, what wherever you take it, God, you know, I, I'm 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 going to go with it all the way. Cause it was a period of time when I thought about, man, I ain't gonna do this no more. And, Seem like I ain't getting enough people, but 
it, it was something that God wouldn't allow me to let go. It, it used to just be me on Facebook Live praying, giving little inspirational words, and he turned it into something much more, way more than I could have ever imagined. I, I get those people that would hit my inbox, hey, man, great podcast. You watched? Hey, I was touched by this. Hey. Yeah, I've, I've I've shared some certain some some of my testimonies. Uh, one of my I did about rejection. I had so many people hit my inbox, man, Jermaine. I was dealing with that, but I couldn't identify it. It had me bound. I, I didn't know how to get delivered. Your testimony on your show helped me to understand what I was going through. I appreciate that. Blowing my mind. I'm just giving my testimony about what God delivered me from. But I was helping other people, and He started showing me. This is why you have to keep doing it on this platform. You have sure. to keep doing it. I'm not going to let you stop doing it because you touching people, whether you realize it or not. So it just that that's why I do it, man. And I just want God to get the, the glory. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm open now to Lord. However, whatever you're wherever you're going to take it, whatever you're going to do with it, God, I'm open to it. Take me out of it. Just let me be faithful. Let me bring the right people on in these conversations, celebration of excellence. Any interview I do, God, that because I said, Lord, I want to promote people, their businesses, their entrepreneurship, people that have overcame stuff, sicknesses, all type stuff. God, you, you oh, moving people lives <laughs> so awesome. And I just want to highlight that it ain't really about me. And these covenant conversations, I said, God, your word says, let us come and reason together. I want to show people that. You said you grew up in St. Bethel Baptist Church. I grew up in Church of God in Christ. Now, there's a lot of people that say that, that don't mix. But I want to show people it ain't about what denomination we are. You're a faith movers church. I'm at a church now, Christian Family Worship Center. Uh, my church is non-denominational. Paul said, I, I wish to know nothing about you, but Jesus Christ and him crucified. That brothers and sisters should be able to sit down and reason and break bread together and have fruitful conversations about the word of God. It ain't about our denomination, but if I believe in the word, you believe in the word. It's one Lord, one spirit, one God, one faith. That's what's in the word. We one should be able to sit down and show the world that, yes, the enemy wants us to think it's so much division in the body of Christ, but I want to show the world, no, we can come here and talk about, we can honor people, we can talk about issues in the world today according to the word of God, and we're not going to argue, we ain't going to scream, we're going to sit here and have intelligence Intelligent, peaceful conversations about the word of God. We can encourage one another. And I want the world to know this is what God wants. This is what Jesus Christ wanted for his church. When he talking about come back for a church without a spot or wrinkle, this is what he wants. And I want the world to see people can come from different churches. We can sit here and have decent conversations. Because every time people say, oh, it's all this division. Church ain't this. Let me put something on my show to show y'all. No. The church is like the church is people. Sometimes people get problems, but the word of God ain't changed. God's word is what it is. It's, it's consistent. We the ones that change up on God. You know what? But I'm gonna show y'all that no, God can be glorified. People make extremists the example for what Christianity looks like, and so they pick this sect of people that have an obvious social misunderstanding, some type of demons. You know, just something be wrong with folk. You know, pray for them. And so they pick these people and they put them on, on all the social media on the news, like this is what your Christians are doing to society. And 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 us, you know, us who believe, we sometimes know better, you know? And it's like we confuse religion with righteousness, right? And we get to this point where we believe that this methodology, you say, I'm after the lost, bring me the lost, bring me the people who are hurting, that mm -hmm. come into church and as soon as they smell like weed, you say, you gotta leave and go home and take a shower. 
Come on, you sir. said you said to bring you said to bring you the loss though, right? And, and they want the people out there that come to the nightclub. You just can't look like it. And I'm not an advocate for somebody coming to the church half dressed or scantily clad or whatever you want to call it. But what I'm saying is the church needs to be inclusive enough for the people that need its help for them to change their mindset and want to do better. So now when you're informed and you have information, you dress better, you smell better, you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't do some of the things that mm -hmm. you know are, are not um, evidence of a godly sacrifice because you know better. But you can't judge people based on their ignorance and call it Christianity. That's just not fair. Um, oh, and that's what that's what I love about my mother. Like I said, she talked from the low to the high to the mid. She talked to everybody the same and treated everybody with respect. And so when I looked around at some of the people that came to pay uh, pay their respects, I looked at people that I never would have thought she talked to. People called me. I had no idea existed. Exactly. So, yes, I sir. got you back, you know. And so I'm like, man, you got you had it. You understood it. You know, because when you get new to Christianity, you're new to something. You think you got to be this rigid person, this type of person. You can't do this and can't do that. Yeah. But it's a learning process. And you have to pick up your cross daily and make sure you commit to the Lord. Yes. It's yes. just like marriage. And I'm not going to get too deep into it. But you got to decide to stay married every day. Well, I know mm -hmm. my wife do. She got to decide to stay married every day because I know why. <laughs> I know who I am. Right? Come on, sir. <laughs> I know the but, feeling. Uh, brother, that's, a, that's, a, that's part two. That's the dark side of life right now. But, but no. You got to make the conscious decision to be a person uh, like Romans 12. One, you got to make a conscious decision to be this person to where you are a sacrifice. You are a a body of worship. Onto come God. on. Come it's on. It's not something you do one time. You know, you know, a lot of folks been dipping. A lot of folks slip. So you got to be ready to keep doing that and keep making sure you commit yourself to it. And that's what uh, my mother gave me was that grace point, man. Like there was nothing I ever did or um, was a part of that she made me feel like I was incorrigible or um, where I couldn't be redeemed from. She was really good at showing grace. Now, she would let me know I was wrong in the form mm -hmm. of um, discipline, for sure. Not this new discipline where I sat in the corner. I couldn't go sit nowhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <but> yes, sir. <laughs> you know, so I'm a big guy. I'm 6'5". I'm a big dude. She, she made me small, um, but... <laughs> But no, it's it's you know she was able to to convey to me um, through the way she she taught me what grace meant and how it was and um, and who does it, it's just this myriad of teachings, man. It's like who, where did you have time to be this heavy? Come on, because you was cooking, cleaning, buying clothes, keeping house, working this crazy shift, um, encouraging me, coming to games. Whatever it was, man, I never figured when she passed, I got all that belongings. I went through our stuff. She had this little brown, it might be somewhere in there. She had this little brown jewelry box. Um, it's nothing to write home to mom about, forgive the, the pun, but nothing to write home to mom about. This little shabby jewelry box, but it's been on her dresser since I was old enough to look on top of it. Mm -hmm. And so when she got it, I opened it up and I pop it up and I'm ready to be, uh, you know, my mother's secrets revealed. I'm having this moment. I'm emotional. I'm a writer, so, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so I look in there, and I used to rap, right? I used to do music. And so it was the wackest rhyme I had ever typed in my life. I think it was on a word processor. It's how old it was. But she had it folded up like it was the, the, the Holy Grail written on Sanskrit papyrus, just this, mm -hmm. this folded thing. Um, and it was a picture of me and my group. It was the wackest rhyme ever. It's still in there. I, would, I wouldn't even dare say it on here, because I don't want nobody <laughs> to judge me. I'm trying to have your inbox like, don't bring him back. 
he can't even rap. But um, it was just like to know that everything I wrote or everything I said was of value to her, even something yes. that I thought was some of the worst things, something I've forgotten about. Um, it was a beautiful thing to see. And my son, he's uh, like I said, he'll be 19 soon. He said, man, did you know how much she loved when you would post something on Facebook or you would do spoken word or you would do something to send her something? And I said, well, I didn't really conceptualize. I wasn't thinking like that. It's just something right. I've always done. Um, if there's one thing I can do is like poetry, spoken word, rhyme. I mean, it's just what I can do. Um, and he said she loved when you would do that. And I thought it was really key that uh, something I had no idea about she saved for me as a gentle reminder that uh, words have power. Um, and something that you might not think is good or something you might not think can benefit somebody might be somebody else's prized possession, man. And uh, I'm mindful of that when I talk um, to people about God or when I talk to people about Christ or when I invite someone to church, um, I, I remind myself all the time that how you greet people, how you talk to people, um, how you engage people matters mm -hmm. because there's nothing to me and you might make or break somebody else's life, man. Come on, sir. A absolutely. Yeah, Man, that you know, after that, there's <laughs> ain't really nothing else I, I can add, but I'm grateful. I'm sitting thinking, like, man, maybe our moms knew each other. We didn't even know it. It seems like the same house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to you, like, remember that time we got in trouble? Wait a minute, that wasn't how, yeah, but that's what it feels like, man. It feels like the same house. Uh, yeah, yes, sir, and I and I'm so grateful uh, for the for these women of God and and who we had, and not only for what they put in us, and I know we're putting it in our children. We may have to have a part two session. We just talk about the way oh, we're man. raising our children, the results we're seeing that that generational. And I, I'm with you. My grandmother, my mother's mother, was saved. A old lady from Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, and she you know was my saved. Yeah, man, Wait, my, man, my grandma <laughs> would come up here, you get up getting ready for school, my grandma in the room praying, you know, come home from school. Hey, hey, grandma, come in the living room. My mama and her friends, her, her little group she had, We it's prayer time. No, it's it's chill time. I just got in from school. What y'all mean? Y'all, we, we have a whole presser <laughs> to get that oil, put man. it on, you know, we finna pray That's for up. you. But I thank go. God for them prayers. Look where them prayers then got me. I'm, I'm so grateful somebody prayed for me that I had a praying grandma. You hear the, the different songs about a praying grandmother. No, I live that thing. And I am so grateful because the evidence is, is in my life. And even I tell my kids, you know, they, they're older now, teenagers, young adults, and I see some of the decisions they make. And I ain't going to never stop praying for you. I ain't going to, like you said, like my mama, I'm going to correct you. I'm going to tell you some stuff. You know, they older now. I'm going to tell you. I tell my, I'm a, I'm a, my mother had the sweetest way. Of correcting me but tell you all and smile love you with the love of christ lady you just use some of the you know what like you know, my mother <laughs> she had the most intelligent way she had a philosophy people used to ask why don't you curse jermaine <clears throat> i said my mama didn't curse oh she was saved no my mama felt that if you have to curse that means you just want to extend your vocabulary she said there's a whole lot of words in the english dictionary that you can use to get somebody straight and you ain't got to say foul words it's way worse words than curse words. She said, that's the easy way out. I got some other words for you. Highly intelligent. And would tell me off sometimes. I'd be sitting there, lady, you just really insulted me, a missionary. She said, but I didn't curse you out. I just found some other words and got you straight. And that's why I don't curse. But I got some words that I can pull some stuff out yeah. <laughs> and tell you about yourself. But I, I look back at that like, man, this this lady was just, she, she, was, she was everything 
to me, man. I'm grateful for those generation of women I had in my life and some of yeah, her man. friends today that I thank God they're still living. That the impact these were power, these are powerful women of God, but each of them has said it's your mother that I got say I just show wait a minute but you the evangelist you this you that but your mother was the foundation and I'm like you when I look around my mama talked to you my mom I met this lady when I worked for the state of Illinois who I know your mother your mother and mama what I had no idea all the work she was doing behind the scenes I'm talking about like up to the like the last year or two people coming to me you such as you look just like your mom your mom is this your mother was the one that your mother came by and saw my mom i'm like you but you was working doubles school taking care of how how did you have time to go minister and outreach to all these people man it, it makes me feel like lord i ain't doing enough i, I got more i was to do. i was just about to ask you do you ever feel like you need to do more based on the example you received and you asked the question already man it's it, it, yeah yeah and it was like she was so affected because i never would have known i mm -hmm. remember somebody would pass away um and you know like i say i'm a little older you know where we come from you got to go get that chicken couple cases of soda some water mm -hmm. taken by the house with a card and you know all of this stuff and i used to always wonder because as a, as a child the ignorance of us is this we don't ever see ourselves getting old um, mm -hmm. It's like, man, you keep 10, 11, you're like, man, I can't wait till I'm 16. You sit I can't wait till I'm 18. You're 18, I can't wait till I'm 21. I can't wait till I'm 25. If I could be 25 again, if I could be 16, if I could be 9, that's what you do. Man. So now we walk it back. But I used to wonder, why are you going to get all of this stuff? And uh, she said, well, when people pass away, you need to let them know they got support and that you love them and you care about them. And, uh, and so when my mother passed, my boy Ben, um, I mentioned him earlier, man. He, he called me and he's like, I'm sending pizza. And he said it with a little gangster in his voice. And I was like, okay. He's like, I think. So he sent some pizza. And, you know, you forget to eat. You forget that you're hungry. You forget all of these mm -hmm. things and grief. Yeah. And, and it's like, you had, it's like, mama, you had every base covered. You knew literally just life, man. Um, and it's, it's just a beautiful thing to be a part of because you learn that stuff and it becomes who you are. So now if something happens or or when people need help, uh, I'm the first one on the phone trying to pray for somebody and go lay hands and go do this and go do that. Um, people I don't even know, man. I see something on Facebook for some people I ain't seen in 20 some years, man. I'm like, oh, pray for them. <laughs> Let me go before Yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, and, 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 you know, it's just, I'm thankful that that's what I had as an example. You know, I'm thankful that that's what you had as an example. Because uh, you said something about legacy, I believe, before we started recording, when we were talking. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what it is, man. A legacy of love and, and love of God, love of family, love of people, and, and love of children, man. And just keeping that envelope, uh, pushing the envelope forward and forward and keep on sending that mail out, man. I think we'll, we'll get to a point where um, people are unapologetically following Christ again. Absolutely. You know? where it's not this thing where you got to explain that the hardest part for me sometimes is having to explain uh, Christianity to people, my own Christianity. Mm -hmm. That Christianity is, is a, but it's like, well, why do you believe in Christ? Like, hey, man, why are you so concerned about a personal decision that I made? But if you ask me, I'm going to tell you for 10 hours about the goodness of God <laughs> because I didn't have so much go on, man. You know, but uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's, it's beautiful, man. I, I just, I don't know. 
thinking about her, like I say, man, is uh, it's hard sometimes because you want to reach out, call them, and uh, get some yeah. of that good home cooking or something again, man. But uh, God did things, and He manufactured it in such a way where I cannot be um, anything but happy that she's where she needs to be because it's my firm belief that people like the mothers that we had are probably far too good for this world anyway. You know. Come on, man. Sir, on that one, I, I don't, I ain't got nothing else, man. Just, man, much love and appreciation for our moms and and what they have done for us, man. I'm glad for this reconnection, sir. And I'm, I'm praying to God that it continues to go forward, man. I'm gonna have to have you back on the podcast, man. We gonna have to keep having some, some more oh, yeah. conversations, man. Def, definitely, man. But I'm gonna ask you to pray us out, man, and we gonna uh, get ready to end this episode. Absolutely, uh, gracious God, our eternal and heavenly Father. Uh, we thank you for this covenant conversation, God. We thank you for not uh, just what you've done here, God, but just who you are, God. And we, we lift the world up before you, God, next you begin to, to heal and bless this world, God, that through these conversations, through this podcast, through the ministry of Jay Jackson, that you continue to lead people toward the cross, God. We thank you for beautiful mothers and examples that you gave us, God. We thank you for childhoods that turns into manhood when we follow you god we thank you for the sacrifice of jesus yes, god Lord. and we ask that as we move forward god that we turn away from sin and into you god we ask for forgiveness for sins we've committed god indeed or in thought god and we thank you for the people that will be blessed by this podcast and by this production in the almighty name of jesus we thank you amen amen man appreciate you uh bro man to everybody that's listening i hope something was said um that definitely has touched your heart uh we praying for all of you that have lost your mothers <clears throat> you may be hearing this and it caused you to reminisce um to your your mother your grandmother and some of us have aunties or people in our community that raised us as parents because we didn't have our natural parents so we want to know that we're praying for you that god will continue to extend his comfort and um <clears throat> love um in your in your heart and in your mind and, you know, always keep those good memories of whoever it is that was like a mother figure to you. Keep those memories. Got to keep you up going. So I want to thank my guest again, man, bro, Ken. Man, thank you, sir, for being a part of the podcast. Uh, hopefully we're going to be seeing him again for another conversation because we want to keep this going. I'm your host, Jermaine Jackson. Don't forget YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, the New Beginnings Podcast with uh, Jay Jackson. Man, follow, like, subscribe, share this. And, man, thank y'all again. We'll see y'all next time. Love y'all with the love of Jesus Christ.